following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. nerds discover your geeky haven with twink.com we've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms we carry top brands from disney funko marvel and dc star wars harry potter and much much more we also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else with all these collectible goods you're definitely gonna need a bigger boat Get ready for your spring sci-fi celebrations, including First Contact Day and May the 4th with Toink exclusives that are out of this world. Use code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off of your order. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the, the intrepid trio, or as we would say, the three dwarfs. Giggly, <laughs> giggly sleepy, and frustrated. Salty. Salty. There we go. Wait, I don't think I... Am, am I salty. Have I, have I really come across that? Well, I guess with conversation before show, yeah, I guess I was a little salty. Yeah. If you'd like to uh, listen in on that conversation, tough. <laughs> yeah, it's not recorded. <laughs> that conversation. Not recorded. Not recorded. Will never be recorded. And if you wanted it, it would have cost you great tons of money over on uh, Patreon. Yeah. 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 Not and I was just like, before we go any further, just to state my unending state of despisement for what I call the devil's dandruff, the yellow snow, Holland. Yeah. And unfortunately that for why, that is why I'm a winter person. Unfortunately for you, the cold spell you're getting is not going to help you any. No, it's not. You, you need rain to help. Oh, we've that been getting rain, and it's still not helping. No, holy no, crap! No, the the it just gets the top layer of the devil's dandruff off the car. Okay. No, they uh, the trees around here definitely, definitely subscribe to the quantity over quality approach. Boom! I can see that. See that. So, uh, see so, that's something I don't miss about living in the south. Cause I would hate to. I, I would walk out to my car, and there's that yellow green covering. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then on top of that, I would wake up, and I felt like somebody hit me in the face with a cast iron skillet because allergies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I don't I'm, let my fingernails grow out because I will claw my eyes out <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. I moved up north, and honestly, like, it's weird. I moved up north, and it cleared up. I, I, I've i been up here 20, over 20 years, and I'm, I have some slight allergy issues, but two years of wearing a mask, I actually, I went two years without any allergy issues, too. So, yeah. Oh. I would like to announce that I am moving to North Dakota. 
at this point. <laughs> There's like nothing in North Dakota, just corn. Is there corn there? Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping there's not as much pollen. If you are listening in North Dakota, please let us know <laughs> via social media or MightyMarvelGeeks at gmail.com and let us know how the pollen is up there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now that I have totally derailed the conversation. Check out the homepage. It's going to get caught up this next week. I've got some time where I could get it caught up. Check out our homepage. Right-hand side is our affiliates. Uh, also, too, you could check out, uh, as you heard in our teaser at the beginning of the show, toink.com, T-O-Y-N-K.com. Use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your purchase. And I got an email today saying they've got a bunch of new pins that have dropped that are Marvel-related. Okay. And I believe they're all Moon Knight-related, or most of them are Moon Knight-related. Nice. So, um, so go check that out and please, I mean, if you've been buying stuff, use the code, save yourself some money, especially this day and age, 15% does save you quite a bit. Saves you the, saves you the tax. Yeah. Sales tax because that's true. In your state, because if you live in the U S guess what? It's free shipping in continental U S free shipping. So, I mean, I bought myself a, a nice, a lot bigger than I was expecting, but a nice Millennium Falcon keychain. The, the 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 Falcon that dangles off of this is half the size of my palm. Wow. wow. I mean, that's a good size Falcon. And there's other things on my wish list that they have there, such as the Tantive 4 hallway for three and three quarter inch figures. Nice. I would love to buy a couple. One to leave as a Tantive 4 setup for a ship display for some figures, not exactly Rebel for not exactly trying to recreate the beginning scene of Star Wars. Gotcha. But I would love to have it as an interior for another ship, but I also want mm. to get another one in the hallways, paint it up slightly, add a little orange to it and some dark gray so it has the, the Halcyon vibe to it. Right. As if it's another part of the... You know, another hallway in the Halcyon and have characters that you would see from the Halcyon in it or on that display. Right. That's what I want to do. So, and that's what I plan on doing with it. And that's just me. And that's just one of the things I've, I've seen on there that is definitely on my wish list. There are a few other things, but that will be a later down the road. Right. So, um, so yeah, use that code. It applies to anything. I believe it applies to anything on sale as well on the site. Just use the code. It helps you save money. So, um, but I was talking to the guys beforehand going, there was something I was going to talk about. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I remember what it is. Okay. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind. Yep. And the rumored and the mistake by the exec on when it was going to open up. Mm-hmm. We have an official date. And that is? May 27th. Memorial weekend, just like it was <laughs> like the exec originally did. But imagine that. But it had to come on Disney's terms, Disney's time. Because if you remember, we talked about that VP or EVP had to all of a sudden delete the tweet and then repost it all opening sometime this summer. Okay, cool. I hadn't heard anything at work, but then again, I wasn't at Epcot a lot to, to hear any validation behind it. Um, but at this point in time, no, it's, it's Memorial weekend. Cool. Well, here's a question. I was just thinking about this because we got soundtracks for episodes of, for volumes one and two, we got a soundtrack for the animated animated series. Is there going to be a separate soundtrack for Cosmic Rewind. I have no clue. I mean, if we go based on pattern, probably. I mean, I if it was a park exclusive soundtrack, I would totally buy it. I'm just I, saying. I don't think it's going to be a park exclusive soundtrack, though. Was there a soundtrack released for Mission Breakout? Uh, without looking at iTunes, I don't believe so. Okay. But who's to say that they wouldn't do it now? Now, I could tell you with um, Galaxy's Edge... Yes, they put out a playlist and made that available on iTunes of what DJ Rex plays. Oh, excuse me. What DJ Rex plays in Ogus Cantina. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we have Gaia on the Star Cruiser. Right. People have been asking for an album of the songs that she sings on, sh- on board the ship. 
that has not come about yet. So all I know is last last Friday, because now at work I, and I, I like listening to music while I'm to kind of help me get through my day. And right there towards the end of the day, Rubber Band Man starts playing. And all of a sudden, I really didn't want to work. <laughs> I didn't want to work anymore. I, I, I wanted to be on the Milano <laughs> lip syncing with uh, the Guardians um, Rubber Band Man. I fist pumped, literally fist pumped, when I heard that being played in Infinity War. Yes. I was just like, I, you know, I'm sorry. I like you're just flying through the galaxy, and you know, I I know that a lot of people they don't like the the I don't know that I can bring myself to call it classic rock, but the the soundtracks for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I know people don't like that. They they think you know it should be more cinematic. It should be more um, respectable, maybe. Right. I, I don't know, but I, and if it were if it were random songs, I might could agree. But each one of these, and this is one thing that I think that James Gunn did very well mm-hmm. was choosing the soundtrack for each scene that it shows up in. Mm-hmm. Now, you could you could argue that you know Pina Colada maybe not have been the best movie, the best song for for where you see Peter Quill you know coming up to meet the ship, but it kind of has that floating in space kind of feel to it. Right, it does. Um, I, 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 I'm a fan of the Pina Colada song. I mean, I I know what the song's about. Yes, but whatever. It's about a Hawaiian ice slushy. Okay, yes. <laughs> we will go with that. Um, okay, that, we'll, we'll go with that. I, having while you were talking, you guys were talking. I was trying to see if there was a playlist available. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is not one available to where, like on iTunes, where you download or whatnot. But Disney did announce. Um, apparently, they ended up testing 100 songs to find the right fit, and they narrowed down the song list to only six. See, okay, I'm sorry. That said something. That does say something. The so that and then they announced that playlist later of what the six songs are, and they are mm-hmm. as follows: from 1980, okay. "Hit Me with Your Best Shot" by Pat Benatar. Okay, that fits. From 1975, "Give Up the Funk" by Parliament. <gasps> okay. I, I, I agree. Uh, from 1968, Born to be Wild, Stephen Wolf. Okay. All right. From 1969, I Want You Back, The Jackson Five. From 1973, Free Ride by, Egger, by the Egger Winners Group. And to wrap up the list, from 1972, from a small little town in Tennessee, Earn in Love by Elvis Presley. That soundtrack kill that 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 is killing me. Like honestly, like each one of those songs, in my opinion, hits. And oh, yeah. and it's very guardians. Like that's those that group, if you put music with them, you can't put just every song with them. You know? See, hit me with your best shot. I can see definitely being tied with Gamora for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. But those are the six songs for the mm-hmm. ride. I don't know if they went I, right now. I have no clue how many songs are in Cosmic Rewind. Okay. Here's the thought that just hit my head when you mentioned Burn in Love. Mm-hmm. What else do we know that uses an Elvis soundtrack from the Walt Disney Company? Lilo, Lilo and, and Stitch. Stitch. I would love to see if somebody took some of the Gardens of the Galaxy playlist songs and put them under Lilo and Stitch. Oh, don't don't go and give me a challenge. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. I mean, because Burning Love, Burning Love Nona was did a cover of Burning Love during the uh, during the, closing. the at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like w- with the scene when they're out there surfing and there's no there's no dialogue going on. Mm-hmm. Spirit in the Sky would be a great song to be playing underneath that. Yeah. 
or the mm-hmm. Pina Colada song there. No, no. Spirit in the Sky's got more energy to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, without looking at the soundtracks, I couldn't tell you. Oh, I don't want to go looking at the soundtracks right now. But, <laughs> but now you got, oh. <laughs> You're going to have me take scenes that there's no dialogue and it's just music and, and redo the music. You know what? You, you, you know, know what I think you I know might how do that, tomorrow? You know how you guys find the scenes. I'll, I'll, I'll redo it with a couple of different options from the different soundtracks. You guys where, know me as an audio engineer. You know I have this capability of doing... Where he escapes the ship. Where he escapes the prison ship. Yeah. I'm almost thinking Cherry Bomb would go well there. Yep. Mm, possibly. Uh, from Guardians 1. Um, Cherry Bomb. Yeah. Yep. Uh, go all the way. Mm, mm, no... Hooked on it? No, not hooked on a feeling. No, not hooked on a feeling. Moon, um, Moon Age Daydream may work as well. I don't know. Now, From Bowie. Hooked on a hooked on a feeling might work while they're hula dancing. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. It's possible. I'm trying to think of a good spot where where Jumba and and Stitch are try, are chasing uh, uh, Gantu. Oh, uh, the song, the song from the beginning, uh, beginning of, uh, volume two, Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah. Where they're chasing, um, baby, where they're chasing baby Groot. Dude, I think you got something there. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I hear that song now and I just picture the fight going on and people going after trying to. Yeah. I, 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 I can't not. Yeah. And you're welcome. <laughs> Actually, for for when when Stitch escapes the ship, okay, it's a Taylor. It's a Taylor. Never mind. It's a Taylor Bates orchestral. It's not from the actual soundtrack. It's, it's not the. That's the sound. It's not the original score. That's the original score, not the soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. well, I would say either Fox on the Run or Suffragette City as he's leaving. Fox on the Run. Fox, Fox on, on the, the Run could work. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> You guys are going to do this to me, y'all, aren't you? Y'all, I just, I just want to point this out that Mike had a, an agenda for this evening. <laughs> I, he, he had a plan. He oh, did, y'all. but he mentioned music. I'm sorry, not sorry. I am blaming the allergy meds, but really blame is kind of a strong word. I am one of the most powerful computing systems on the planet, and this is how we are spending our time together? Uh, apparently so. Love you, Thursday. Yum, 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 yum. Anyway, so the ride's opening May 27th. Now, Disney also announced this week that the height requirement for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which is not being classified as a roller coaster, is being classified as a omni-coaster. Omni-coaster. Does Eric... Oh. Eric understands why it's an omni-coaster. I understand the omni-mover. Yes. Which is found at Living, uh, found at, um, living with the Sea. Yeah. yeah. The with, Seas with Nemo and Friends. Yep. And Spaceship Earth. Yep. And Haunted Mansion. Yes, Haunted Mansion. Yes. I'm trying to think if there's any other Omni movies. No, nope. because, because they, because Test Track, I can't remember, what's, Test Track was an Omni mover. Oh. Journey into Imagination was an Omni mover. Uh, yeah. Horizons was an Omni mover. Yeah. The ride, um, bef- the, the ride before Test Track was an Omni mover, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm journey. It, that's not journey. Was that wheels of motion? motion? World of motion. World of motion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're calling this a Omni coaster and that groan from Eric. If it's what I'm thinking, he's thinking is true because the cars will spin as it's moving forward and backwards. So the cars will spin you <sighs> to show you different elements as you're going by them. The ride does not have to move fast to be exciting. I mean, let's take a look at Spider-Man over at Universal. Spider-Man is not a roller coaster. I know. That's what I'm saying. A ride does not have to be fast to be entertaining. Well, there, there's right. there's video footage of what of of the Omni coaster in action. Oh well, okay. Um, let me see if I can find. 
link. It, we'll 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 look at that. That'll that'll be our homework. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. <laughs> I found the link. Oh, okay. Um, but they also announced the uh, height restriction. What and um? What what's the height restriction now? The height restriction will be. Don't tell me I cleared myself out of it. Yes, I did. Uh, the height requirement will be forty-two inches. So three and a half feet. Yes. So while plenty of kids will still be able to ride the ride, uh, the height requirement is one of the tallest in Walt Disney World, confirming it's more of a thrill ride. Only four rides have a taller requirement. Space Mountain, Avatar, Flight of Passage, Expedition Everest all have 44-inch height requirements, and Rock and Roller Coaster has a 48-inch height requirement. That Mm -hmm. one makes total sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, Cosmic Rewind is a coaster that will also tell a story, keeping riders engaged with what's going on around them by turning the cars as it moves. Many of the beloved characters from the Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy films will also appear on the ride with some cutscenes directed by James Gunn himself. Oh. So, um, so yeah, the, uh, so according to WDI executive producer Michael Hudgen, um, as he's telling comicbook.com, uh, the Guardians characters are awesome. They're fun. They're irreverent. They've got great music. And so it felt like if we take advantage of bringing them to Walt Disney World, Epcot was a great home for them. We've talked about that this is the first intergalactic pavilion at Epcot. We've got lots of international pavilions, but we're going galactic with this addition. We're introducing guests to the planet Xandar and telling them how it was formed, telling them about their people, their traditions, and getting to see some of the great artifacts from treasures. And then Rocket Groot, Star Lord, and Gamora, they all show up. So I'm kind of excited about all this. Now, Xandar is the planet we see at the beginning of uh, Guardians 1, one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And supposedly has been laid waste by Infinity War. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that the planet they go to when uh, Peter goes, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good? No. Okay. But it is where the Power Stone was secured. Right. Right. And Thanos had the Power Stone in Infinity War. Gotcha. So, yeah, he had to pretty much, he pretty much had to go through the Nova Corps to get it. Gotcha. So, essentially, you know, with Nova Corps having a, a ship there, this is supposed to be like a, a well, like an actual pavilion. Hey, let's learn about the history. Cool. So, how the Guardians get involved in this? Don't know, but I'm looking forward to seeing. I mean, weren't they? Well, I guess they're no longer person Grata, right? I mean, because they were kind of exactly not welcome on the planet there for a moment. Yeah, but in Guardians 2, they were, I thought they were heralded a little bit by the Nova Corps for helping save the planet. Yeah, well, they really weren't on Xandar. They were going to take, they were going to take Nebula to, what, what, what was the, what was the prison? Nowhere. Um, Nowhere. No, no, no. Nowhere was the uh, celestial oh, yeah. hit. It was the prison that they were sent to. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. the first one. The kiln was that it? That doesn't sound right. Think so. To the rock? No, that would be Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Wherever it is. The the kiln prison. Okay, the kiln. There it is. K Y L N kiln okay. prison. It's where prisons prisoners go to learn pottery skills. <laughs> and, 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 ha- and have their prosthetics stolen from them. Yeah, not yeah, stolen. That. Spiral traded for traded for. Um, so yeah, I, I from what I've been told, there there will be cast previews, and then there will also be cast previews where I could take uh, family. Cool. So excited for that. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the big news. We could officially announce, and we have actual um, height restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; I still have a love for Guardians, and I think this will help increase the love, but it still doesn't. Still doesn't put the movies top. Wait, did I put? I think I had the first one in my top five. Right, I believe you did. So, uh, it's, but yeah, but gentlemen, it's time for the Fantastic Four takeaways. She's not lying. 
For those who don't know, the Fantastic Four Takeaways is when we have a great topic to discuss. And for now, the next five weeks, since episode one already aired, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Moon Knight and doing our four takeaways, our Fantastic Four Takeaways from Moon Knight. Uh, We're talking about episode two, titled Summon the Suit. Um, And uh, since we got to try and keep Eric awake, Eric, we're starting off with number four. Okay. My number four takeaway is three words. Psychotic Colonel Sanders. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I may or may not have cackled like a hen laying an egg when those words were uttered. And I can't unsee it now. No. See, one of mine initially was going to be similar to yours but it's not but i'll go ahead and 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 say what it would have been because it would have been almost like an honorable honorable mention for me Mm -hmm. um when he looks in the reflection goes, what's that she said summon a suit (laughs) (laughs) of course this is when we get mr knight Mm -hmm. which is great that was awesome it i love how well i love how we got introduced to the suit to mr knight yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like there those of us who have read and know who Mr. Knight is in the comics, it's almost like they're 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 doing a fake out almost. Yeah. It's kinda like, oh well you see Mr. Knight. Well he's not the Mr. Knight you know. Right. No. Psychotic <laughs> Colonel Sanders. <laughs> oh it's awesome. Yeah. So Kylan. I got thirteen oh. arms of spices now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, hold on, hold on. Before you go any further, speaking uh-huh. of Colonel Sanders, have you all ever checked out Kentucky Fried Chicken's Twitter? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Have you seen their following? Who they yes. follow? Yes. Island? No. Okay, hold on. Oh no. Yes. Oh no. I'm going to see if you can understand this. So they're following eleven people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jerry Horner, aka Jerry Hallwell. Mm-hmm. Mel B, Emma oh Button, uh-huh. Mel C, Victoria uh-huh. Beckham, uh-huh. Herb Scribner, Herb J. Winston Jr., Herb Waters, Herb Dean, Herb Syndic, and Herb Allard, Albert. Eleven herbs and spices. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> that, oh my gosh. That is great. <laughs> now you'll never mm. un- unknow that knowledge. No, I won't. I won't. And I hope it ends up on, like... I don't know. Like it did. It, it did end up on Jeopardy. Okay. See. Okay. That, I, I, well, maybe when I watch that, if I catch that episode, I can do that. Or it ends up in Trivial Pursuit somewhere. Who knows? Who knows? So your number. So your number four takeaway. My number four takeaway is: Is there any love for uh, Stephen Grant <laughs> be, be, between? Mark and uh, Conchu, because it seemed like the two of them really don't like Stephen. But it just seems like there's no love for Stephen. I don't think any of them particularly like each other, period. No, no, they really, they are not working together. Although it seemed like, it seemed like Mark tolerates Conchu. And Conchu said, like you said, he he feels he he he's protective of Mark, but he really doesn't care about Stephen at all. Oh no, yeah, because Mark's willing to do work for for Conchu. Stephen Stephen doesn't want to do anything. I still no, haven't. And to me, the scene with the way they were talking, they're playing this off as the multiple personalities aren't really a multiple personality. Because the impression I got was Conchu took Stephen and put him in Mark's body. That Stephen may have died prematurely somewhere else, and the only body he could have put him in was Mark's. Because Mark wasn't supposed to go or was, or was around to be when, fresh, when freshly killed. Mm, I don't know. I, I, don't I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to see. I'm gonna have to go back only because for that very reason. I see. I guess that could be my number four takeaway as well. So, so, so you're so you you think that Mark was placed in Stephen's body? No, I Conchu. think I think Stephen was placed in Conchu's body, or 
Stephen was placed in Mark's body and became the, the new host. Hence why Layla recognizes him and everything else, but Mark wasn't completely dead because of whatever deal he already had with Conchu, that it was I, a, a, a premature thing. I don't know, okay. because given how much Conchu does not like Stephen, mm-hmm. why would Conchu go to the effort of putting Stephen in Mark's body? Right. Or, or it could be an, another... Being of higher power put Stephen in that body thinking he was dead. I, I think uh, Stephen, I think Mark's brain created Stephen to be a buffer between Mark and Khonshu. Sort of like a total That's recall. That's I think. Sort of like a total recall scenario. Kind of, sort of. Except Stephen, Stephen developed his own separate personality. Um, and at the time... Mark was okay with it, and Kanji were was okay with it because they could move him around as he chose. But somewhere, Stephen gained control and didn't want to let go. Could be. I don't know. That's I'm a still, guess. I'm still thinking. Of course, I don't know how multiple personality disorders start up mm-hmm. or get started. Right. But since Layla did not know about Stephen. Mm-hmm. I wonder if something happened along the line that that basically it's like some sort of mental trauma. Maybe it was mental trauma of, be, of almost getting killed mm-hmm. that basically splintered Mark's brain, his mind, mm-hmm. and created Stephen. That's possible. That's possible. So I don't know. That that's that's just my thought. I'm hoping they explore this multiple personality more and and, and put more uh, explanation behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping. So number three. Back to you there, sir. Okay. Uh, number three. Remember what I said last week about having some, you know, having a somewhat Assassin's Creed vibe to this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The... The conversation over lentil soup between Stephen and Arthur just reinforced that a thousand times for me because the whole thought of, you know, taking away the choice of evil. I I mean, Mm -hmm. that that felt almost textbook Templar from the video games to me. Yes, yes. And and who's to say Assassin's Creed didn't borrow some from... uh from Moon Knight. That's possible. And that's possible. Yeah. Then OMG, the rooftop chase scene. Was that not almost textbook? Oh. Was that almost textbook? Yeah. That was almost text. Like, like, I mean, com- all the way down to the, the, the hood, like the, the, the cow, I guess you call it. That was straight up. The only thing. Yeah. Yeah. I say, the cape was the only thing that was not that that's not part of what the assassins wear. But er- everything else, absolutely. Even the weapons, if you think about it, are kind of assassins like. Oh yeah, see that. Yeah. So, Kylan, you're number three. Uh, my number three is um, it it is even more satisfying and frustrating to get this story from Steven's point of view when Steven only has a third of the puzzle. Um, and, I, and I say that to mean to find out that you have a wife and your marriage apparently has is, is ending. And, you know, so, but meanwhile, this wife is well aware of, who you are and it's the person that you're trying to get away from. Like, like even, even as I say this right now, that's just, that's brilliant writing. You know, this is one of those shows that is just going to require multiple viewings. I think that's what my, I'm saying all that to say my number three is just from episode two, this show requires multiple viewings and probably once you get all of it together and you're not having to go week to week, you know, 
Yeah, that that would probably be the best. Although I don't want to wait until I don't want to wait six weeks for all this to be over. I got to be I'm on board for the whole thing, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, once once we watch it all the way through once and then we start back over, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking that a lot of things are going to make more sense when we see them again. Yeah. For me, my number three was we know Steven's crazy, but when he's trying to justify he's not crazy to the security guy, or <laughs> you're the one who destroyed the bathroom, which when he said that, like, oh, that could be taken so many other ways. <laughs> um, and, and Steven's going, I was chased by this thing. See it? it okay, cut to another camera. No. So it, it's Steven slash Mark. It's the only one who could see it, which we see later down the road, too, with the big fight when Mr. Knight's introduced um, mm-hmm. with Layla. Layla knew it was there, but she couldn't see it. Right. And when she hit it with stuff and got stuff on it, I mean, it was. She saw it for a brief second. Yeah, it was it. It was not in Mark's slash Stephen's head. No, <laughs> it was actually there. Right. And that explains why it did not show up on the security cameras. Right. Which also confirms that what we're experiencing is real and it's not, you know, for 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 all of Mark's Mark slash Stevens issues, this part is real. Right. Oh, yeah. So moving on. Number two. All right. The conversations between Mark and Steven. I like the use of reflections. Of course, mm-hmm. it's a very yeah. strong, uh, a very strong Smeagol versus Gollum type yeah. Yeah. scenario. Uh, I have gotten to the point where if there is any kind of reflection going on, mm-hmm. I watch the reflection more than I do what the, the rest of what's happening. Yeah. Or, or for me, I'm definitely looking for the reflection mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. what's happening. If there's if there's a, a reflective surface enough for there to be a reflection, I'm looking for that reflection. Mm-hmm. Which we have seen that trope in the past, and the one that I'm thinking most clearly of is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. Between Jekyll mm-hmm. and Hyde. Yes. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So, Kylan, you're number two. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that we're just full on embracing the comic book origins, uh, of, of this character. Like there's no, um, there's, there's no like concerted attempt to make this real world, uh, or, or to make the suit seem to be more, more appealing because it's there's some basis in reality. No, no, he's able. He summons the suit uh, that apparently has been given to him by an Egyptian deity, and you know the like, like the chase. That chase was a straight up video game slash comic book chase, and it was epic. You know, yeah. it, it did. It didn't. It fit. It didn't make you roll your eyes. It wasn't like nothing happened to take you out of it. You know, you know. We're already talking about somebody with disassociative personality disorders, and they're getting chased by Egyptian deities. So yeah, let's let's let them just be able to summon a suit or summon a suit. Uh, <laughs> You know, hit your head, summon the suit, uh, realize that that's not happening. Then you summon the suit. So, right. yeah, I, I, I'm, I am loving that we've embraced the comic book origins and we're just on this ride together. I'm loving it. Okay. Uh, my number two takeaway or fan. Yeah. Number two takeaway is um, the whole interaction between um, Scott and and Haro when he or between Steven and Haro. I was about okay. to say, don't tell me you're doing like the security guy. No, Steven and Haro. Um, they get there and they and we, and we see a little bit of the the good side, if we want to call it that, of Haro. Mm-hmm. 
but still realizing it's the bad side. Right. I mean, he's still evil. It's just he's going to treat his followers well. Mm-hmm. Well, he thinks he's doing good. Yeah. He thinks he's doing good. But every good villain thinks they're the hero. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess moving on. Number one. My number one is the QR code. The that was QR gonna, code. That was going to be my number one if you didn't do it. <laughs> I, I Once you pointed out last week that the QR code linked to the first appearance of Moon Knight, I kept an eye out for another QR code. And, of course, it's on the storage unit. I was thinking storage unit, you know, because this was number 43. I was thinking, well, maybe he shows up again in issue 43. No, this is issue number 33, which is the next issue from it's basically the second appearance of Moon Knight. It's mm-hmm. a continuation of his debut story. Yeah. So now I'm wondering where next week's QR code is going to take us. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Island, your number one takeaway. Oh, wow, man. Okay. So my, my number one takeaway is, uh, are we, are we starting to see Mark try to work? I mean, I mean, not Mark. Are we starting to see Steven try to work with Mark and Khonshu to get to the bottom of what's going on? Like, is he tired of running scared? Is he realizing that Mark is the only one who's going to be able to get him through this alive? I think he's starting to see what, you know, basically he's starting to see what he's up against. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you start seeing his good side in the discussion with Arthur. Right. My no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go, ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I'm going into my takeaway. So go ahead and finish okay. your thought. Too bad it's gone. Never mind. Go. <laughs> For me, my number one takeaway is when Mark finally gets control and hears Stephen in the reflection going, okay, I want my body back. Mm-hmm. And Mark's anger. And then we we deal with, uh, you know, he, he's told Stephen, I will leave you alone once I've completed my last mission. Um, but with Khonshu, he's livid at the situation that, Mark allowed Stephen to interfere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if Mark is unable to fill their arrangement, he will seek a new candidate as his replacement avatar, which is Layla, which is Layla. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course there, there has to be another way uh, to find Amit's tomb without the compass, which was, which is the the scarab. And before Harold reaches it first, Hanshu and Mark make their way to Cairo. And I think it's funny. Mark wakes up as if he's been drinking. So I mm-hmm. wonder if Kanchu had Stephen be the one to take him to Cairo. And mm-hmm. Stephen got drunk because of everything going on. And then he, and then once Stephen's job was done, it's Mark that took the body over again since Mark is now control of the host. Let's see. I had a different interpretation of that. Okay. Because when you first see you know, Mark in Cairo. Right. Mm-hmm. You see him in the mirror, Mm -hmm. and he's somewhere different. It's like he's sitting on the bed, whereas Mark is sitting up against the bed. So it's almost like it's almost like Mark is drinking to shut Stephen up. Yes, yes. Because I don't see Stephen. Is Stephen a drinker? Like I don't get the feeling that Stephen is a drinker. Oh no, no, no! So, don't, so yeah, do not even eat meat. I mean, <laughs> right? So, I that's really like I I can't. If he's not a drinker, Mark, like is it Mark? Mark would drink to suppress Stephen, or at least make him easier to ignore. Right. right, right. So, I mean, you could be right. Something tells me that we will pick up on right where. Right where episode two left off at the start of episode three. Oh, absolutely. And, as a wise man once said, you may be right. You may be crazy. But it may just be a lunatic. Yeah, lunatic look you're looking for. 
I think that's a show title right there. <laughs> it just by the <laughs> by the profound statesman, playwright, and scholar William Joel. Yep, present memories. It just may be a lunatic you're looking. <laughs> that's so, um, so what? What was y'all's take overall take of this episode? It it just keeps getting better. Like it, it started off awesome, and this episode's better than the first. If it just can, if it continues, as much as I love Falcon and the Winter Soldier, this is becoming my favorite series. This this is getting to a a very close tie with Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. So uh, if that's I'm going to have to reserve judgment as to whether or not this is like my favorite because I don't my personal favorite is What If yeah mm-hmm. and then then Falcon and Winter Soldier maybe WandaVision I'm not sure mm-hmm. we we still got four episodes to go of this yeah so, I mean there's still there's still room in time so right. Yeah, I was thinking I was very high on Loki at this point in the series. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would it hurt to say if I said that makes one of us? Because if you remember, I wasn't that. I was still like, eh, something's not right. Yeah. I mean, I was still given a chance, but Loki doesn't sit high overall no. as a series in, in, in my rankings. It, I I, str- I struggled with Loki. I wanted, I felt like it was something I was supposed to really enjoy. And to, by the time I got to the end, I enjoyed it. I did. But if I was, if I was like, you know what, I want to go back and rewatch a series. It would not be Loki. I had fun with it, and I loved that Tara Strong was in it as Miss Minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. there there were plenty of things to like in the series. But very few of them were related to Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, it, it just or excuse me to his Loki. His Loki did not feel right, even even for the variant. What it be? It 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 wasn't right. Yeah. So I'll say that was another successful countdown, gentlemen. Well, thank you, Thursday. Um, how about this? Apparently, Sydney Sweeney breaks her silence on her Marvel casting. Yeah. Uh, it's been over a month since the con- and this is coming from comingsoon.net. Uh, it's been a month since the confirmation that Sydney Sweeney has been tapped to join the cast of Sony Pictures' next Marvel film, Madam Web. And now the Euphoria star has opened up about her major casting. Um, she goes, I've been ordering a bunch of comic books. There's a lot to learn. I've always been a really big fan of all the Marvel and Sony Universe movies. Okay. So that right there says most of her knowledge comes from the films, not the books. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear she's ordered the books involving her character. Uh, I've grown up watching them all and have engulfed my entire world, my entire life, or I've been engulfed in the entire world my entire life. So being able to be a part of that is such an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, she teased that her mysterious character will be something different than the role she's played before. Uh, to finish the quote, I like to try and find characters that are challenging for me in multiple different ways and are completely different from one another. I want to continue to shock people with the characters that I play when they don't expect that I would choose that next. Um, and I'm not hearing any solid info in any of that. Yeah. Speculation is she is Madam Web. Well, that's what we speculated Originally, when we first Yes. But now she's more open of that she is in the film. Okay. I mean, if, if she's if she is ordering the books, unless there's another character that she would be playing. Okay. It, part of this sounds like standard boilerplate right. actor trying to drum up hype for a movie. Well, after, it, after it Morbius, like, <laughs> probably. Yeah, it, it's, mm-hmm. It sounds like it, it it sounds like coach speak game week talking about your opponent mm-hmm. and, and i'm hearing a lot of cliched statements in there yeah i'm not saying she doesn't mean it i'm not saying she's not being sincere with it but i've heard this before mm-hmm. and i very seriously doubt 
she'd be saying this kind of stuff if she was just playing a bit character. Right. Right. And I, I'm sorry if you're um, unless you have a major character in the MCU, I don't see how oh, you're buying. You know, why would you buy all these comics that she, she, she says she's buying if it's not for research for her role, if it's not a major role? Right. Right. You're not going to say all this stuff if you have a five second cameo. Mm hmm. No. Or if you're just playing a supporting character who gets you know, about 10, 15 minutes on screen. Right. This is a major character. Mm. So, I mean, I found it interesting that this is now how she's prepping, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe she is taking a, a pretty, she, she's been cast in a, a fairly major role. Right. No matter what. Right. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, in other news, there was a new trailer that dropped from Ms. Marvel, in which we see how she finds her power. And as we discovered more, yes, we, this is more confirmation that she gets her power from the gauntlets. Mm-hmm. So she found Quasar's gauntlets. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And that with the gauntlet, she's able to to do as as they would use in the uh, DC world with Lantern. She's able to create constructs for her to use that would replicate her powers that she would have had in the comics. Quasar. Right. So yeah, and Quasar has used the word the term energy constructs as well. That's what we're mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So check out the new trailer. Um, and, and this starts in June eighth. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just about two months away. Right. And then finally, Captain America number one went to auction, sold for over $3 million. There ain't nothing wrong with me that $3 billion couldn't fix. That's true. Uh, now, this, this issue was, in fact, a CGC graded copy with a near mint 9.4 rating. One of only three copies of the landmark issue that had been graded that high. Those are very, very rare. The other two sitting at 9.6 and 9.8. Jeez. Uh, to give you the idea of the rising value of this comic, the same issue sold at auction through Heritage twice before uh, for just over 25K in 2010 and 915K in 2019. Wow. So over over 3 million. Yeah. Wow. Who's to say? <laughs> Uh, mm. I know I've got a couple comics that have definitely increased in value since I bought them. There's hope for my books yet. <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts, guys? Mm, no, no, I'm I'm thought it out. That was my final thought. <laughs> and on that note, Thursday, if you would please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Uh, yeah. Let's get Eric to bed. It's because I'm half asleep as it is. Thank you, Benedict. Mm-hmm.